Hi, everybody. This is Hondo Carpenter from the Fans First Sports Network Las Vegas Raiders Insider Podcast, presenting to you another Las Vegas Raiders coach or player press conference. We are there. We are absolutely locked in, and we are part of the Las Vegas Raiders, not the organization, but we're connected to it because we are beat writers who cover it every single day. Thank you for joining us. We're so proud to be part of the Fans First Sports Network. Let's get right in to this great press conference so that you can stay as connected as we are. Coach, you were very vocal in wanting Antonio on your staff, and, and you saw a lot in him that people are seeing now. What was it in him you saw before others did? I don't know about before others. I mean, I mean, he's been around this league, and then a lot of people have known him throughout this league for a long time. But when I met him, somebody that worked hard, um, had good knowledge of the game, and you know, was a good had leadership quality. So that's what I saw when I met him. Coach, he has not been put on IR yet. Do you expect the Diablo to be back this week, or do you think he might be out a little bit longer? That's always a question for the head coach. They, you know, I don't, I don't deal with the injury questions, but we'll be happy to get him when, when he comes back. And you know, I'm sure he's working hard to, to get back on the field as soon as possible. On the back end of that, what have you seen from the other linebackers that have been recently signed? Guys like you know Jalen Smith and Malik Reed. What have those guys been able to contribute to the team so far? First thing, you know, they're all professionals. You know, they come in, work pretty hard in the classroom and on the practice field. Great energy from both of those guys. And, you know, when they got their opportunities to get in the game, you know, being physical, able to make tackles, that's always a positive and playing with great effort. When you have eight sacks in the game, you know, how is that possible? What are the things that, you know, that people don't really necessarily see that equated to that success? It starts with the, the players first and foremost in terms of executing the, their, their assignments and the game plan for that game. They did a good job with that. But... The thing that stands out the most when you look at all the pressures was the effort. You know, just the guys, you know, relentless pursuit to the ball. They were hungry to get to the football. And, you know, I would say, again, I can't give you an exact number, but I mean, a lot of sacks throughout this league, it starts with the effort of those guys, the players, you know, playing, you know, really, really hard on each play and making the play. That's where a lot of sacks come in this league. And a combination of that and obviously on the back end, the coverage, you know, just – Sacks aren't possible if the coverage has to all tie together. So, again, it's all about team defense, you know, the coverage and the rush all being tied together. Sorry to cut you off. Uh, no, you're fine. The, uh, the results were obviously great on Sunday, but how did everything go communications-wise, logistically? You, you know, that was obviously a very quick turnover. How did all that stuff go? You know, um, the, the players, they did a good job communicating on and off the field. You know, the coaching staff, you know, each day is new and you have to adjust with it. and. It worked out on Sunday, so, you know, it's a new week this week, and we'll see how it goes this week, but it worked out on Sunday. Coach, your players call themselves the misfits, and and, mm -hmm. and this is a defense where maybe there isn't a ton of people nationally known, but the sum of their parts, they're playing well. Mm -hmm. For you, how much pride do you take in that it's more about the we than the me? For me, you can't play defense without the we. There's 11 people out there trying to we're not calling plays, we're calling the defense to defend the field and or the situation. And you need all 11 to do that. So I'm proud, I'm proud of those guys, how they're playing and playing for each other, playing together. 
and just proud about the way they're improving each week. And so, you know, that's that's the biggest thing. Spillane is a guy that's not getting a lot of national attention, but he's doing a lot in your quarterbacking your offense. I mean, your defense. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about his play and, and your thoughts on him, sir? I really enjoy being around him. He's a great in terms of leadership. Good energy every day. He's really consistent. Really consistent and. Thankfully, he could get off blocks, he could tackle the ball carrier, he could communicate. Those would be, you know, on the checklist for a linebacker, so those are always good. <laughs> Amik talked about after the game, he was joking, but because he had made a mistake earlier mm-hmm. on his uh, interception. Had to get that for PG. Had to get that for PG. <laughs> for, you can't even talk about Amik without coaches and teammates laughing. Mm-hmm. What is it about his gregarious attitude that has endeared him to this franchise? I love that word. I, re- I remember that on the spelling test once in a time. That, that was one I fell in love with. Miscellaneous was the first word I fell in love with. <laughs> Gregarious, that might have been in the top ten. Miss Mastriani's, uh, uh, my class, English class in uh, fourth grade. Anyway, <laughs> but um, his personality, you know, again, he just, you know, he's always smiling, has good energy around the, the building. And it's all about resetting after one bad play. I mean, again, I, I can't speak on what play he's talking about, and but I mean, I just know that you know he's he's doing a good job for us. He's a ball hawk who gets to the ball, and he really he, his toughness always shows up. That's one thing, you know, whether it's tackling, you know, in tight man-to-man coverage, being able mentally tough to be able to bounce back from a, a bad play. That's the thing that stands out with me for him. In the early parts of kind of evaluating the Jets, mm-hmm. you know, the Jets film. A, uh, what are the threats that you feel like Garrett Wilson provides for your cornerbacks? And also, when you look at Brees Hall, what are some things that he can do that you guys are going to have to limit? <laughs> to start with those two, yeah. Um, I'll say with Hall, just got, the thing is, everybody's at the point of attack. You know, no matter where the play is designed to go, he can go anywhere with the ball. Um, and then for the receiver, just in terms of the combination of speed, quickness, and the ability to catch the ball, you know, from all different types of angles. His catch radius is pretty dynamic, in my opinion, and he presents a lot of challenges, and they do a good job of moving him around and finding ways to give him the ball. So both very skilled players, very skilled players, and, you know, it's going to be a challenge on Sunday. Coach, halfway through his first season, can you talk a little bit about the development of Tyree Wilson? Getting better every day. Getting better every day. Love his um, work ethic. I love the fact that his physicality showing up on the field as a, a, a rookie edge player, but that's the thing, working hard to get better every day and you can see it out there on the field. You know, I'm, I'm happy for him. When you have a, a team that's playing, you, a part of your comp, you have coming up that plays on a Monday night game. Mm-hmm. Um, is that the kind of change in preparation all that? You, you have to wait a little bit to see the last game, but everybody's watching it. You know your players are locked into it. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think it changes. We, we've gone through it before, so it's nothing new. And, we're not the only team that has to deal with it during the season, but nothing really changes in terms of that. But you might wait a little bit just to see the game to add it to your scouting report. But we're, you know, by the time it's Monday night, we're already, you know, we're already along with the game planning and looking at the opponent. And you do, I guess, in that case, do you sometimes see something and you say, "Oh, wait, maybe we didn't see that, maybe we didn't understand that"? Oh, absolutely, that always happens. No, that, that always happens. But that's nothing unique to us. You know, that always happens. You have a unique relationship with your players. It's very close, your defensive guys, the way they are with you. Is that something that developed maybe the way you were raised? Is it how maybe you were as a player, what you saw in other coaches? But what is that? Because you've been around the game long enough to know that isn't always the norm. 
Well, me as a player, I was, I was terrible, so that's one thing I started there. So <laughs> I had to get relationships with my coaches just to stay on the team. But no, but I know this, that one of the coaches that had the most influence on me in my life, Coach Brooks, who's at Dartmouth now, you know, I consider him like an older brother figure. He, I mean, I had a great relationship with him because the way he poured into us. And when we all get on, you know, whether it's Zoom or text messages, we all, I mean, like, he has a really tight relationship with all of his former players. And I don't know, for all the years he's been in the Ivy League, and, you know, the Ivy League doesn't have a bunch of captains per team. I mean, I would say he probably, probably had coached his position probably like 15 to 20 captains for whether it's Yale, Dartmouth, Penn, whatever it's been. So he's been a great influence to me. Um, the relationship I have with the players here, it starts with listening. You know, and I learned that early in my career. you got to be a good listener. Sometimes I'm good at it, sometimes I'm bad at it, but, you know, thankfully have a relationship where, you know, they get, uh, give me a little uh, forgiveness once in a while when I'm not doing a good job of listening. But that's that's the main component right there. All right. All right. Cool. Thank you. Still spelled miscellaneous? Come on. Come on. All right, guys. Thank you. period. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. This has been a Las Vegas Raiders Insider production on the Fans First Sports Network. Whoa, whoa.